0: God's glory fills this place. I've touched the hem of his garment. I can almost see his face, and my heart is overflowing. of angels' wings. I see
1: Representing Proverbs twenty-two nine ministry. This is a ministry from uh, Pauline Baptist Church. Representing them, uh, we have uh, Miss Evelyn and Reggie Duetta, and they're from the Philippines. And we also have Miss Tiffany Curtis. And I appreciate them so much for being here. They've already established some some connections. And one of the neat ones is I did not know that uh, that the Duettas, are, they're both physical therapists for our Hamburg school system. And so they come here, kind of like a, they have a contract with the Hamburg school system to do physical therapy, and I'm not sure exactly who all the kids they work with, and uh, but they work with some of the kids there at Hamburg school system. Some of the employees already knew them, and so that's really cool. And so I'd like to ask, I don't know who's representing or if all three of you are coming, but uh, Ms. Evelyn, and uh, make your presentation. And they're ready. Whenever you get ready for the video, you just tell them to start, and they'll start.
2: We are so thankful for this opportunity that you've given us that we could uh, tell you about the ministry that we have. And before I talk to you about that, I, I just want to let you know a little bit more about ourselves uh, um, Brother Reese already mentioned, uh, Reggie, my husband, and I are in the therapy business. Tiffany Tiffany Curtis is actually the treasurer of our ministry. She has uh, five kids, and um, she has a degree in social work, so her degree has been a very big help to our ministry. Um, But she is a um, full-time stay-at-home mom. Uh, Reggie and I have three kids. We've been in the States for... um, 19 years, 16 years in Monticello, is that right, or 17 years in Monticello uh, at Pauline. Yeah, um, we have um, our d- oldest daughter is going to be a senior in college, and uh, our second child is going to be a freshman in college, and our youngest son is going to be a fifth grade. So we still have a <laughs> few more years <laughs> with, the, with the third one. Um, Uh, Like Brother Reese said, we are originally from the Philippines, and uh, it's just so sad that in our country, in the Philippines, there are 12.8 million Filipino children, or 44% of all Filipino children who are living in poverty right now. That means their family is earning a dollar or less a day. 2.2 million are not in school, also because of poverty. 1.5 1.5 million Filipino children are living in the streets, and 300 die every day of preventable and curable diseases. And because of this, uh, three years ago, we started a church-based charity organization called Proverbs 22.9 Ministries, and we are sponsored by Pauline Baptist Church. What we do is we partner with local churches in the Philippines, and we feed um, Underprivileged children, we provide them with nutritious meals uh, three times a week. We also provide educational scholarships. And we also have what we call an Adapt a Family program. Currently, we have six um, feeding programs, um, including an elementary school. In the Philippines, our children don't get free lunches. And so that's a very big help to the children. And for most of the kids that are on our uh, feeding programs, the meal that we serve them is their only uh, full meal for the day. It costs $12.50 a month to uh, feed a child three times a week. That's only about um, 42 cents a day. And that $12.50 also pays for vitamins, toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, and shampoo stuff that we take for granted here in the states, but most of the kids in the Philippines don't have. Like I said, we also provide uh, scholarships. Right now we have um, 20 kids on our scholarship program, and um, it costs $10 a month or 33 cents a day to send a child to school. That $10 um, pays for their transportation. We don't have school buses in the Philippines. And that could also pay, that would also pay for their school supplies. And we have been told that uh, without that scholarship, that little money that we're providing, 33 cents a day, without that scholarship, most of the kids have probably dropped out of school by now. In the Philippines, uh, school starts in June, and it ends in March, and it's only August. And like I said, most of them have probably dropped out of school right now without that. 33 cents a day that we are sending them. We also have what we call an adopt a family program where we provide a rice and groceries to the poorest families that we know of. It's a, like I said $20 a month uh, it's only about 67 cents um, a day and these are families that are not just sitting there at home waiting for help but these are families that are that have hardworking um, parents, uh, but $1 or less a day is just not enough to feed uh, a whole family. So we are helping them with that. And um, this summer on our mission trip, we actually met some of the families. Um, one of the family um, lives in a pig pen that's converted into a house, and another family of six actually sleeps in one um, bamboo bed that's um, maybe a size, a queen size uh, bamboo bed, and all six of them sleep on that bed. I, on this ministry, the children get to hear Bible stories, and the parents also attend Bi- Bible studies. Actually, uh, a lot of those parents uh, have been saved and they now go to church. Um, I still have, personally, I still have a lot of dreams for, for this ministry. I dream of feeding more children. There's still a lot of slum areas in our own hometown. Um, a, lot, a lot of kids there still need um, nutritious meals because most of them don't get um, a nutritious meal three times a day. They probably get one or two meals a day, and it's not a um, full meal and I still dream of um, providing more scholarships uh, to uh, needy children. I also dream of putting mo- or providing more, or giving more help to um, families that need help. I also dream of providing um, medical free medical and dental care to uh, underprivileged families in my country. In the last three years, we partnered with five sixteen missions that's the short term missions short term ministry of pauline baptist and in the past three years, we visited all our feeding programs we we got to meet the children on our programs uh, we also got to meet the children that are on our scholarship um, programs we visited hospitals we visited the the first two years we visited a prison facility. Um, this, year we, this year and last year, we visited a home for sexually and physically abused girls, um, whose age uh, ranged from 5 to 19 years old. And this year, we were so excited. Um, Tiffany came with us this year. We were so excited because we added medical, dental, and optical mission to, to our work with the, this year. Uh, We partnered with a local organization, and they provided the medical professionals that we needed, the the doctors, different doctors and nurses and and dentists. And so um, through these mission trips, in 2011, 22 people were saved. Last year, 385 people were saved. This year, 780 people were saved. And that is what this ministry is all about. We want to meet the the physical and spiritual needs of of our countrymen. Um, It is this ministry about is about bringing people to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Appreciate that you did a wonderful job, and uh, you're quite welcome. So, as matter of fact, that answered one of my questions. Make the checks payable to Proverbs 22, 9 Ministries. You're the treasurer. Saw your picture. You had a great time, obviously. Neat blessing. Brings back memories of seeing a spoon and a fork and the rice and the chicken and those the different uh, soups that were over there on the side. My associate pastor, Trey, has been also with me over there and a couple of other our, our church members and we're very thankful for the opportunity to serve. The other question I had was this is uh in the Luzon area up there. Okay. Manila, Luzon. Okay. And north. You know, where you were describing earlier. Okay, anybody else have any questions for them? What we're gonna do is um I'm gonna ask if um uh, one of our men, matter of fact, brother Steve, since he's been over there, those uh not yet, but at the end of the service, wherever where'd those offering plates go? They're right okay, you got them. If you wouldn't mind just standing back there in the back with me and them and uh after church and anybody that likes to help, if you came prepared to give an offering, just uh, give them whatever place it in Steve's in like uh, was described on the video, if you'd like to make out a check to them. Just make it out to Proverbs 22, 9 ministries. But the thing is, now we know about it. Now we know, which I knew about it. And uh, and I was one reason I was wanting to let the church know what Pauline is doing and what they're doing through Pauline. So it's pretty neat. And it's all about telling people about Jesus. Everything we do, the prayers, the work, the Bible studies, everything, the feeding ministries. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you all know this, but did you know Jesus used... Feeding ministries to spread the word. (laughs) Jesus himself used, I mean, he used uh, bread and fish and wine and water. In all of his ministries that he did, he performed miracles involving these things. Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight to the book of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 in verse 8 read along in your bible or upon the screen either one and notice what God's word says what we're going to be speaking tonight for just a little while is the importance of God's word why is the word of God important why is it important uh in looking at uh what we have here this is a a recipe for success, not only in the days of Joshua, but for us too. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you should have good success. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to talk about your word and the importance of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So many people take for granted having a copy of the Bible. But the Bible is uh, an amazing book. We've talked about it before. Matter of fact, uh, I had someone come up to me this morning asking me about where do I get this, uh, the read through the Bible in the year. We've run out. That's a good thing. Every year I get a, uh, about a hundred of those and put them in our track rack and I can make some more copies. As a matter of fact, I was going to do that this afternoon, but I forgot of that read through the Bible in a year chronologically. And like I mentioned this morning, I mentioned about the, we use the phrase, so-called Christians, you know, that that don't pray. Uh, sometimes, and I've been one, I've been a so-called Christian before. Because you take it for granted, you don't pray like you should. And another thing that'll make a so-called Christian a so-called Christian is if we don't ever read the Bible, if we don't ever crack the book open, if we don't ever crack the then we're a so-called Christian. In other words, we're in name only. That's it. I mean, we're just, we say what we are, but we don't practice what we preach. We don't uh, take advantage of what the Word of God has to say. I mean, this affects everyone. I ran across a just a powerful, very short Uh, a two-minute video. I want to share that with you now on why we should read the Bible, the Word of God. And I'll let Perry go ahead and get started on that.
3: There are almost 7 billion people who are living on planet Earth right now. And I wish every one of them could read through the Bible before they ended their time on earth. It's where we find truth. It's, it's what God says about himself. Because everyone has an opinion about what is right and what is wrong. But ultimately, it doesn't matter what you think. We all think differently. Every culture has a thought of what is right and what is wrong. And there's a majority in every culture that that, that buys into a certain belief system. And yet what Scripture says is, you know... The grass is going to wither. The flower is going to fade. But the word of God, the word of our God will stand forever. At the end, we are not going to be judged by the majority. We are going to be judged by God himself. We need to get people alone with this book, reading it for themselves, understanding it for themselves. Because when this is all over, it's going to be about God's word and his authority is the only authority
1: and his authority is the only authority the word of god you know what the word of god says romans you know I've turned there romans 10:17 faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know what? The, you know, and, and I know this. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. There are churches that that lose focus. There are churches that are dying every day. There are churches that don't even realize or know what they stand for. Except they want everything their way. Or the highway, it's all about them. There's churches that are self-centered. But folks, if we get our on our knees and our nose in the book, we will not fail. Okay? Amen? If we are a praying church and a Bible-reading church, then we won't lose focus. You know, just that simple... Uh, uh, Francis Chan just sharing a simple thought. If everybody could read the Word of God... And know what it says, just seeing it and knowing it. And knowing what it says and knowing what it's about, these powerful scriptures from Joshua to Romans 17, turn now. I do want you to look at this one. Just, if you don't have this one marked in your Bible, find a pen. Holler at me and I'll throw this to you. I guarantee you I can get it to you. Okay? I've got a pen in my pocket. Probably not this one. This one weighs like half a pound. And, uh, but Psalms 119. And some of you already have this memorized. Psalm 119 and 105. It is so important to know what God's Word says. Without this, you cannot know. Okay? And it says here, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119:105. And looking at that just simple Scripture, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. It shows me where I'm going. A lamp unto my feet. It shows me my path. It shows me where I need to go. It guards my steps. And so many of us need to get. Did you know that you can't know right from wrong? You cannot know what is good and bad. So many times we say, I can know what's right and wrong. Matter of fact, I was running across this. Some people say, well... What I believe, I believe is this is right. I believe that's right. I believe this is wrong. I believe that's wrong. Somebody said one time, well, this this is what life is all about. Did you know you cannot know right and wrong or what life is all about apart from the Bible, apart from what it says? Someone said this one time. Uh, there was a debate going on between atheist Bertrand Russell And philosopher Frederick Copleston. Copleston said, Mr. Russell, do you believe in good and bad? He said, "Uh, yeah, I do. He said, how do you differentiate between good and bad? Challenged uh, Copleston. Russell shrugged his shoulders and he said, well, I I guess on the basis of feeling. You know, what else? Or preference, he said. And... uh, Mr. Copleston was a kinder gentleman than many others. The appropriate logical thing would have been for him at that moment to share this story. Did you know that in some uh, cultures, you, people love people loved their neighbors, and in some cultures, people eat their neighbors? So which do you prefer by feeling? You know, so you, if you go by feeling and culture, you're either going to love your neighbors or you're going to eat them. And there are some cultures that used to practice that. And so when you get down to it, how do you differentiate between right and wrong? Did you know without God's Word, you cannot know what's right or what's wrong? So many of us, we, we think we have it down. Turn just a few pages over. Past uh, Proverbs and all that to Isaiah Chapter 40 This is pretty cool scripture Isaiah chapter 40 And verse 8 The Bible says this The grass withereth, the flower fadeth But the word of God Shall stand forever Uh, One quick other one that uh, A lot of times the Gideons would use in their neat ministry, and uh, is Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Isaiah 55 and verse 11 says this, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whitherto or whereto I have sent it. And which tells us several things that the Word of God's not going out of existence. The Word of God's not going to change. Uh, We'll see in just a second in some of the New Testament scriptures the reliability of the Word of God. The New Testament says the Word of God is breathed out by God. Uh, If you've ever hear a song or see a painting, I've heard the phrase... People say, man, that fellow was inspired. He was inspired to write that song. He was inspired for that painting. Man, look at that painting. It's beautiful. He must have been full of inspiration. And the word comes from from your inside. It literally means to breathe out. In the Bible, the Word of God, you could say it's circular reasoning, or you could look at it and say, well, you know, the Bible's just bragging on itself. But the thing is, it's bragging on itself, and it has never been disproven. It has never been defeated. And did you know this? Many people have tried to destroy it, and it's never been destroyed. It's, it, it's our all-sufficient rule for faith and practice. It's all we need to know what He wants there's a million people. Matter of fact, in the foyer, right before church started, uh, we were talking about a commentary. There's all, all all kinds of awesome commentaries, and thanks to our librarians, our librarians, our our library is full of commentaries and helps for you to study. And all of those commentaries point to one book. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the commentary. All of our Sunday school books, all of our literature, everything, though, it points to a book. And it points to a Savior. Otherwise, it's a novel. (laughs) If it doesn't point people to Jesus and it doesn't point people to the Bible, that's called a a novel. (laughs) A story. But the Bible is the only book that has what? The words of life in it. The Bible is the only book, and it literally means Bible means book. And did you know, from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books point to Jesus Christ. They point to Him. And if that if that's what the Bible is all about, then isn't that what we should be all about? Have you ever thought about that? If the Bible's pointing people to Jesus... Then that should be our job also. Let's get a few scriptures in, excuse me, in New Testament. And we'll close this out with a hymn of invitation. Matthew 24. Just a couple of quick scriptures and comparisons. Matthew 24 and verse 35. Again, why we should read the Bible. Why is the Bible important? Matthew twenty four and verse thirty five. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. A similar scripture, but it's got a different flavor. Matter brother or sister scriptures in Luke sixteen and verse seventeen. This is pretty neat. Is, and I love the way it says it here. Luke sixteen seventeen. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass than for one tittle of the law to fail. Which means every letter of the Old Testament was inspired of God. Not just every phrase, not just every word, but every letter. Every mark God breathed out. And it's trustworthy. Have you ever thought about that? That's one thing that a lot of people love, have a... To have an enduring quality. they you know, for that to be said of you to say, well, they're they're an honest person. They are a trustworthy person. That's that's a compliment. Did y'all know that? That's a compliment. Did y'all know what? The Bible is even more so trustworthy and honest. It's trustworthy and that's a, and that's a compliment, but it's a compliment because it has never been proven wrong. It has always come to pass. There's a lot of things in the world that try to predict our future, but only the Bible is 100% accurate. An amazing, an amazing fact. <clears throat> two more, and we're done. First Peter chapter 2, way toward the end here. And then we'll back up a smidgen. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. This should be our desire as we leave tonight. As newborn babes, we should desire the sincere milk of the Word so that we can grow. If you don't have an appetite for the Word of God, ask God to stimulate that appetite inside of you. And then finally... In James chapter 1, all of this being said, all of this being shared tonight, all of this being talked about tonight, uh, this is what it all points to. In James chapter 1, <clears throat> in verse 22. So, Brother Michael, yeah, you bragged on the Word of God, but Brother Michael, well, I, I I tell you what. I've believed on the word of God longer than you've been alive, son. Well, that's that's great. <laughs> this last one wraps it all up. What does it say? Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. It says you just go away and forget what you saw. And a lot of times people treat the word of God like that in church. Preacher, and I and I do it every now and then, I may do it tonight, so be on your toes. They'll leave church, and I've had people come out and they'll say, Enjoyed your message, Brother Michael. And I'll say, What did I preach on? I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> And ever I've done that from time to time, and and I always enjoy that. And most of the time I catch people off guard. Now they're everybody y'all are gonna say, well I'm, I'm not gonna brag on any more sermons because he may ask me, and uh, which is fine because the good Lord knows and I know whether I do a good job or not. And uh, but the word of God is kind of like that. You leave church, and, and I know, I know everybody's working on memories. i give you all a test on our guest names after church too. Can you remember their names? Alright, so take this Bible, the Word of God. we going to leave it at church. Are we going to be doers of the Word? Are we going to crack it open during the week? Are we going to do what it says? Are we going to practice what it preaches? Well, like I mentioned this Sunday mor- this morning, will pe- people will know us whether we're praying people or Bible reading people or Christian people. Do we have a reputation? Like I say, we don't have, to, it, we're not trying to impress people. That's not our, we're supposed to live the Bible. Live for Jesus because the Bible points to Jesus, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and that glory was Jesus. As we prepare for Him invitation. Father, I just bow before you, thanking you for your word. It is a privilege to hold it in my hands. There are people that have wept and bled and died. To hold this book in their hands. There are people who would never dream of setting it aside. Of not practicing it. Not doing it. We can read it and memorize it. And know all the lessons. And know more facts and figures than anybody else. Dear Lord, help us to practice. And do what it says. To tell others about you. To, to be courageous, as was described in Joshua. And to know that we are to, to live it before others. I thank you so much for answering our prayers. I thank you for our guest tonight. And may their ministry be a huge success. In Jesus' name, Amen.